and I forgot again, and I was asked about Heather's book. It just hit me. We've got to call Heather and ask her to mail us uh, some of her books because we're going to need them for March anyway. All right, now, fools think sin. Let's look at the next point because we really dealt with this one last time. But um, fools think sin is amusing. It's one of the ways you can recognize a fool. Because they, what Scripture says in Proverbs 14, 9. So in Proverbs 13, 20, turn over Proverbs 14, 9. It says, fools make a mock at sin. Fools make a mock at sin. What, what that is, uh, very, very simply, they, that, they are laughing about it. They, 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 they think it's a joke. They think it's no big deal. They make a mock at sin. And uh, they, fools think sin's amusing. Fools never see sin as serious. It's just something to play with. Therefore, they never see any uh, need to clear their conscience or seek forgiveness. They sin uh, as a uh, cause for laughter, not as a cause for, they see sin as a cause for laughter, not as a cause for repentance. Uh, they just don't see, they don't see sin. They don't see where it's going to take them. They don't, they, they don't connect the dots of everybody that, that did this before them that's been destroyed. Uh, you know, it, it's an amazing thing. But uh, one time uh, we got a book, uh, never, never read it all the way through, just a little bit for research. I was preaching on music a little bit, and there was a book. It was about that thick and uh, probably about this big and, you know, about like that. And it was full of about a paragraph or two about, is all it was written, about each individual in that book. So it was, this book was full of names and lives in this book, and they all took up only a paragraph or two, and they filled up this entire book. And it was all musicians, basically rock musicians, who had died before the age of 29. It's an entire book of people after person after person after person after person after person uh, that, that was a musician, rock musician, that died before the age of 29, 29 or younger. And it just, it was mind-boggling. And I think, man, if, if every kid would just take a look at this and see that, that if this is the life they want, their potential for living means they'll probably die statistically, by 29. That's, it's just, it, it's, it's mind-boggling. But uh, they'll live that lifestyle, they'll go that direction, and they'll laugh about it. They'll laugh if somebody like, uh, like me, if I were to come up to them and say, hey, the things that you're doing are going to destroy you, they'd mock at me. They would laugh at me. They would, they would, you know, they would make fun of me, just like uh, they do, and in, in so much of the news today, these big stars, they, they live in sin, they live in wickedness, and they laugh at holiness. That's what the fool does. So, next thing, next point. These don't tie in together, but next point is this. Fools are hot-headed and reckless. Another way to recognize a fool is a fool is hot-headed and reckless. Here's what Proverbs 14, 16 it's just a few verses away, 14, 16, says, The wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. 
It says the fool gets really, really angry. That's what rage means, an intense, hot anger. And in that intense, hot anger, he becomes very confident. What, what it is is he's, he's the guy that he gets really angry really fast, and when he, gets, when he loses it, he thinks he can beat up anybody. He thinks he can take anybody. He thinks he can whip anybody. And he's just absolutely convinced. He is confident. He is, he is, and maybe it's just in an argument. He may just get intensely, and he's going to argue with anybody because he's right. He's right no matter what. He may not be factual. He may not have evidence. He may not have anything. But he's just so angry that he now believes he's right no matter what. And, uh, and, and that's, that's somebody that we have, to, we have to be careful of. And truthfully, then when that becomes us, uh, that's something we need to recognize in ourselves because we're heading down a road of destruction because the fool's going to be destroyed. And when we start acting foolishly in temper and, uh, and, and reactions, and, and again, you can see it. It's just the, the characteristics are here. The wise man feareth and departeth from evil. Now, it doesn't mean he's afraid of everybody. He fears God, and he says, hey, if I act like a fool, I'm going to come under destruction. And so he says, I'm going to walk away from this. I don't have to fight here. I don't have to argue here. I don't have to do this. It says, he, the, the wise man feareth and departeth from evil. He says, this is headed the wrong direction. There's no way that this is going to turn out for good. There's no way that this is going to turn out at anything except somebody's going to get hurt, somebody's going to get shot, somebody's going to get stabbed, somebody's going to get killed. I better just walk away from this. Get away. And, but, but the fool rageth and is confident. The fool, no, he says, no, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, you know, I'm going to make my statement. I'm going to do my thing because I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what I want. And uh, truth is, it's not going to work out that way for him again. And that's part of the reason that a fool will end up being destroyed. Because when he gets to that point where he rageth and he's confident, now he's placed himself in a situation of destruction. And he's going to he keep pushing it, and then that's where the destruction is going to come. All right. So from that one, what we have to understand from Proverbs 14, 17, if we look at Proverbs 14, 17, to, to lose your temper is to act like a fool. Uh, you know, most, some of the most regrettable actions I've ever had in my life, some of the most regrettable things that have ever taken place in my life have been when I've lost my temper and I've said or done things that I should not have done. Uh, and, and to lose your temper is to act like a fool. And, and, and again, when you, when that Temp is something that I fought my entire life. It's something that I've I've really uh, worked on my entire life. It's something that uh, you know, as the Word of God says, a soft answer turneth away wrath. And I found that if I can hold that tongue, and if I can, if it ever starts to work, if I can keep my voice down, and if I can stay calm, then it won't escalate into something. You know, the best thing to do is if you feel like you're on the verge of losing your temper, just shut your mouth. Just bite your tongue. Just don't let it. But I used to, uh, to say when I'd be playing football with the, with the sailors, especially playing football with them, and some, some days I would get a little frustrated at some of the stuff that was going on and the way some of the guys were acting and some of the things that were happening. 
and I'd be, I'd be in the huddle and uh, there with the guys, and they'd be calling a play, and they would keep looking at me and saying, you know, Brother Hooker, what do you think? What do you want us to do? What do you, you know? And I would say, you call it. And they say, you're not saying anything. Tell us what to do. And when I, the reason I would not play whole games where I'd, I'd say virtually nothing. And the reason is, is I knew that I was at that edge. And if I ever opened it, no telling what was going to take place after that. Once I opened the gate, it was real hard to shut it again. And so uh, uh, I, I would just fight to not even open it. And so, but uh, he that is soon angry, the Bible says, Proverbs fourteen seventeen. he that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. It says when you get angry quickly, you deal foolishly. And a man of wicked devices is hated. But uh, that's the, we are acting like a fool. We're dealing like a... Now, the truth is, it's not saying that you are an absolute fool at this point, what God calls a fool, but you're headed that direction because you're acting now foolishly. Um, you know, the truth is, and, and it's something, and again, because of my background and because of everything that I've struggled with my whole life, one of the things I have to do is, uh, you know, I have to be very careful what I get involved in and competitively. I've got to be really careful uh, about uh, getting into that environment. But, uh, uh, but you, you know, uh, my first pastor out in, out in Carryville, Tennessee, uh, the guy changed my life. For six months, he changed our lives. But, but uh, early in the summer, before I went to the police academy that summer, we were having a, a church picnic softball game. And I don't know if it's Fourth of July or what it was, but but uh, we went out there to have that thing. And, and back in that time, I could play pretty well, run pretty well, and hit pretty well. And and uh, he he said, "Well, you you have one team, and I'll have the other team." And that should never have happened. But but uh, truth was is that we were we were beating them and uh, and winning. And back at that time in my life, that's the only thing I knew is is that I got to win. And uh, and so. He uh, he hit one and he hit it fairly fairly long and and uh, he I'd knocked uh, that day I'd knocked a couple of home runs and and so I just think that it may be a little bit of anger like a little bit of jealousy a little bit of something was coming up in him he was three years older than I was he was a former Texas weightlifting champion and and uh, you know and so he took off his running around well truth is we had him out at uh, at the home plate. Uh, probably about 10 steps. I mean, he just barely was rounding third, and we had already gotten the ball, but he was determined he was going to knock a home run. So he came in, and we're at a church picnic, and he ran over the catcher. Well, here's a former Texas weightlifting champion, weighs about 210, 220 pounds, and he just ran over a deacon. Uh, and, and you think, that just probably wasn't the wisest thing to do. Well, the truth is, from that moment on, the whispers started. And within probably six weeks after that, they pretty much ran him off. And it was over one losing of his temper. And what he did was, when he got angry, he acted foolishly. And it caused him incredible heartache, caused him incredible pain. So... All right, and probably all of us, you could probably go back to some place, sometime, something, somewhere where we would say, if I could erase something, I sure would like to erase what I said there, what I did there, 
how I responded there, how I acted there. Uh, you know, they, it, I know it would. And I, and I have about 27 of those things. So, um, now, number next is this, Proverbs 15.7. Look at Proverbs 15.7. You don't have to go very far in this. You'll just turn a chapter. And Proverbs 15.7 says, The lips of the wise disperse knowledge. Well, that's a wonderful thing. God says, if you're a wise man, you're going to be talking. When you're talking, you're giving knowledge, knowledge of God, knowledge of the Word of God. Disperse knowledge. But look at this, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. It's just a real simple statement. It says that the, that the wise man will give knowledge. The, uh, the fool just doesn't. The fool does not speak that way. The fool does not speak knowledge. The fool does not give knowledge. The fool does not speak with that. The best way to enrich your education is to listen to wise people. That's what God's saying. He said if you won't get legitimate knowledge, the best way to do that is to listen to God's people. There is, however, no educational value in listening to a fool. That's what God, I mean, just God's making it real, real plain. And it's a real, real just direct statement. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the fool, foolish doeth not so. Um, it's just, and, and this is one of the, the key reasons why we, we send our children and we have our children in Christian education. Uh, because it's, it, there's a lot of foolishness uh, in, in, in the world. And so it's not, and that doesn't mean to everybody, we've got some teachers. Uh, but, uh, it, but they might attest that they deal with some other people that they work with that are pretty foolish. And when your children are given that over and over, they're not really getting education. They're not really getting knowledge true knowledge. No, what they're getting is false philosophy. Uh, and, and that's what I got, you know, five years in Memphis State. I got a whole lot of false philosophy, not, not knowledge. All right. Uh, how are we doing? We're doing all right. Uh, you cannot, and this is, a, this is a kind of a key one. This is an amazing one, actually. It says, you, you cannot force folly out of a fool. Now, you think, you know, I'm just going to beat it out of them. Well, the truth is, once they've already arrived at this thing called a fool, look at Proverbs 27, 22. Proverbs 27, 22. I'll give you just a second because I'm going to turn over a few more chapters there. Proverbs 27, 22. It's going to use some terminology that we might not be familiar with, but we'll discuss what it is. Proverbs 27, 22 says, Though thou shouldest bray a fool in a mortar among wheat with a pestle, yet will not his foolishness depart from him. We say, what in the world does that mean? In the days of Solomon, a woman would take wheat and place it in a mortar, into a bowl of some sort. And then she'd pound it with a club. And this served to grind the grain. They basically, you take this bowl, you got the things in there, and they're just pounding it. Um, you know, there in Africa, they'll pound fufu. It's a type of food, and you pound it. You just, they got a bowl, and they got it in there, and, and you're just pounding it. I've done it. 
And while I'm pounding it, there's uh, this Ghanaian ladies under there, and every time I raise up, she's moving it. She's moving this like dough, you know. She's moving it, and I'm pounding. She's doing it in the rhythm, moving this stuff, and I'm pounding. So they say this wheat is in, in this bowl, and, and so he's pounding it, pounding this grain with this club. The word bray means to bruise, and so if we understand that, he says, that it, though thou shouldest bray a fool, bruise this fool, beat this fool, really. Solomon was saying that you could bruise a fool in the same fashion that a woman grinds grain. Just beat him to a pulp. Beat him to just whip him to death, uh, and not literally to death, but just, just beat him down. Uh, and you do it the same way a woman grinds grain, even that would not cause him to change his ways. I mean, that's an incredible statement God, uh, God is making here. He said, though thou shouldest bray or bruise or beat this fool in a mortar among wheat with a pestle. So, you know, if you could take a fool and you could put him in a great big bowl and you could dump wheat in around him and while you're grinding this wheat that you could be beating them and beating and bruising them, he said they still wouldn't leave their foolish ways. Because once they get to that point of foolishness, only God is going to bring them out. And God won't force that upon them, but God may break them. So, the proverb interprets itself, folly has become to the fool a second nature, and he is not to be delivered from it by the sternest discipline, the severest means tried. He's just, he's just not going to change because we whip him into it. Uh, that's why it's so important to keep him from it in the first place. All right, now, number next, and we'll be done today. Um, we're getting fairly well. I think we'll get done this uh, before March 1st. But arguing with a fool never works. And this is something we have to be very careful of. Arguing with a fool never works. You know, we have this new thing called faith. Well, let's go to Proverbs 29.9. Proverbs 29.9. Proverbs 29.9 says, If a man contendeth with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. Sometimes fools laugh with scorn at those who seek to argue them out of their philosophies. And other times they lose their tempers and they, they rage. In either case, the argument did not serve to convince the fool to change. It just doesn't work. And arguing with a fool, and sometimes it, that's fine. I was going to say, you know, we have this thing called Facebook today, which very frustrated with it, and I don't know how you stop it. That's one of the few ways that you can get a little bit of a voice. Uh, they're out to over a billion people. They have this massive thing, but, but the truth is they're as liberal as the day is long, the, the people that run the thing. Uh, the truth is they use it as a tool. Our daughter who wrote the initial article about a cherished lady and about uh, you know the, the stand against the... Her, her Facebook after they got so much response, and and uh, after this Todd Starnes picked up her article and and republished it, and he got thousands of shares on there of this article. 
Uh, they block my daughter's Facebook account. They, they, they wouldn't allow her to, to post anymore in that account. Why? Because it was conservative. It was something that was speaking out against the, the, the nasty women movement. Uh, and so, they, but they are very, very liberal. They, they right now, truthfully, uh, they do nothing to stop, and I was just reading about that early this morning, they do nothing to stop. Uh, actually, ISIS and, and the Muslims from using Facebook as a tool of terrorism to, to connect and to get out their information. But they'll stop you as a Christian if you make too much of a conservative statement. And so, you know, you want to just cry out to every Christian in the world, just shut her down, you know. Let's create something else, you know, some other movement for Christians, you know. But, uh, but you, you post anything out there, and then inevitably you're going to get a fool that's just going to come back with some of the most ridiculous, ignorant statement that have make no sense to attack you. And here's what you're tempted to do. You're tempted to respond to that. And I say so often, I'm not going to. I'm not going to respond to them. Because... You're talking to a fool. What good does it talk to? Now, the, the, and we'll get to it eventually, to almost contradict myself, sometimes if I feel like what they're saying is, is going to sway the simple who are reading, I may write a rebuttal, not directly to them, but a rebuttal of what they said because I don't want the simple, that the young mind that doesn't understand to be swayed by what they said and be confused by what they said. But we'll talk about that because that's part of what we're going to study here uh, as we continue. We've got about uh, 17, 18 minutes before church starts, and so hopefully that's uh, been a help to us. Because again, we want to we be able to see the fool. We want to be able to recognize if we're becoming the fool. So we need to be careful. Yes, sir.